Hi, Rod Roark, Roark Knows Podcast. Well, we're back with Jane McGarry. She's the host of Good Morning Texas and so much more. So, Jane, welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy. I, I'm not used to being interviewed, so I'm a little nervous. I know. You think she's nervous? I'm nervous interviewing Jane McGarry. Oh, my goodness. She's interviewed presidents, all kinds of famous people. So it's unbelievable. And you do it so tastefully and tactfully you put them at ease so so let's talk about let's talk about some part of your career where you know you've interviewed you know president bush and, mm-hmm. and all kinds of other amazing uh people around the world so so tell us about some of that so how do you prepare for interviewing uh, somebody like a president or a, a very famous actor or actress how do you what do you what do you prep well, I think the thing you have to realize, um, when you're in, like President Bush yeah. is a great example. I'll never forget, Michael, my son, was in high school when uh, the president asked me, I think there were four of us, who he asked to come for a final exit week interview. The last week he was in office. So I was, you know, that was like a big deal. So I spent probably two days of just solid research, looking up everything, you know, reading everything. And then I would write out these long questions and then I would shorten the questions. Then I would circle the answers. Well, the time came to do the interview and we were at the White House. We were in the treaty room and my son was there. And after the interview, my son said, mom, you didn't use all those questions and all that stuff you worked so hard on. That was the reason I had worked so hard. The secret to doing a good interview with someone like that is you had to realize, A, you have to respect that person's time. That right. time, their time is valuable. So right. you owe it to them to do your homework, but you need to know the subject so well that when you actually finally sit down to do the interview, you don't even look at the notes. You exactly. just remember all the stuff that you wanted to get in. The funny part of that was that, so Mrs. Bush, Laura Bush, was great. is yeah. very punctual. She is on time, she is, and when the interview, if it was slated to go 15 minutes, it won't go 15.01, it will go 15 minutes. W, the former president, different story. So when that interview, we got off on something at the end, I don't even remember what, but I saw there were people outside waiting and I saw people looking at their watches, you know, when's he gonna quit? And then he said, Michael's over there, and he knew my son. And I said, yeah, he said, I'm going to take Michael in the Oval Office. Oh, my goodness. That's we awesome. St- he stopped the cameras. He took Michael, oh, and wow. Michael's eyes were this big. He took. We walked down the hall by the Rose Garden, went into the Oval Office. He gave Michael. He remembered that Michael liked baseball. Oh, my he God. He signed a baseball, gave it to Michael, and it was just, I mean, it was like Michael still talks about it. It was wow. one of the highlights of his life. But I say that just he's a really... Um, Genuine. He's a very genuine, very um, nice human being. Whether No matter how you feel about him politically or whatever, right. he's a really good... I agree. Uh, he's, he's, he's got a good heart. Yep, yep. And his dad was great. Yeah. Too. No, I agree. I agree. So, okay, that's one. So what, what would be your most memorable interview i mean you've done thousands of, so i mean the you one know, that, and then i want to ask you a follow-up on uh, what was okay. the most astonishing one. i think okay. well i think the most memorable one honestly was um it was shortly after i came to dallas i was really young it was like 28 29 and <clears throat> there was a methodist pastor at the time i'm wondering if you're going to remember oh yes he walker had, rayleigh right, he was he his had, name yeah he had an affair or something well he 
was his wife Peggy. Oh yeah, got was it. found all uh, choked, oh, not that's strangled, because right. strangled means you're dead. But she was found badly, badly choked, and he was suspected of doing it. Well, I had this photographer at the time, Bill Tippett was his name, and he was this big guy, and he'd been around forever, and he knew everybody in town, and he walks in one day, I'd only been, I don't know, I'd been here six months maybe. He says, Jane, we worked together, we, we, were, we were the street reporters at night. Oh, yeah. So, oh yeah, yeah. So he said, Jane, I think I got a good interview for you. So he got me the interview, the only interview with Walker Rayleigh. Oh, you're kidding. And I sat down. And the thing that was interesting about it is I'll never forget sitting there across from this man and thinking to myself that if he did it, what he had done. Mm. What, what, it was just a really eerie, eerie feeling to sit there and think about what this person that you're sitting across from may have done. He wasn't convicted. I think he moved to California, and I don't know where he is now. Yeah, um, yeah, I do remember the case. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, that was pretty tantalizing. <laughs> Welcome to Dallas. <laughs> Welcome to Dallas. Okay. So, what was your like uh, most astonishing one? I mean, when, what what would mm. you say? I mean, or so, pick a celebrity that you thought just when you interviewed you said, "Wow, I I couldn't believe." they said that or did that what, what would you say um that one's kind of hard i mean troy aikman honestly was <laughs> troy uh well, I, he, he's awesome yeah troy is awesome and um troy revealed this was like um 10 years ago i guess and troy was very upfront with me about his personal life on camera he was very upfront talking about uh, his personal life, some of the things that had happened um, in his relationships, and uh, that was that was a little surprising to me that he opened up that much. Um, Pat Smith, the wife of Emmett Smith. Yes. Pat is super fun, hilarious. Loved her. I don't know. Let me think about this a little more as okay. we as we go along. That's good. That's but good. I, there's something I want to touch on here, and that is that you know. Um, so I came to you in it because I'm on TV every day. Right. <laughs> and, and I think I, it's so funny to me right now, and maybe you can answer this question, but I have a lot of girls who are like, I don't know, 30, and they'll go, when should I start getting Botox? <laughs> <laughs> you thought of it, now is the time. No. And, I, and I say, I didn't get my first Botox until I was probably 50 or something like that. But um, the, the things that you and I have done over the past, it's probably been 20 years, Dr. Rick. That's, that's 15, really? 20 years, wow. yeah. I think have helped me a lot look um, nice, look my age, but also look my best that I could look. They've given me confidence because I always felt like I'll go to Dr. Roick and I'll feel a little bit better when I walk out of the office. And I always, I've always appreciated that about you. Yeah. I mean, people ask me some of the things we've done and I remember, I don't know, do people still do old Sarah well they don't anymore because it hurts so much and it's still around but it hurt I know I know I remember <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh, your response when you had it done I know but I'm telling you I, I don't think it was a bad thing that I did it no because it does build collagen under right. you know uh, so it, yeah so it, I we did that we started out with that we started at, I think it was at UT right at UT. yeah went, went over to UT Southwestern and That's I did right. that and I remember just clinching I'd have like six of those balls you clinch you know and it'd be like oh but I, I 
do I think that was a good idea and then we went from that I did Botox I, I do and did Botox and fillers. fillers yeah and then we started things like Morpheus radio frequencies microneedling with David my nurse practitioner which I love who's talented and the uh, Morpheus the Morpheus 8 this, I really really like yeah, I, yeah that has been like because it was so here's what happened so I was <laughs> I came to Dr. Roy all these different times and I'm like Dr. Roy my jawline you know what I mean if you're a woman you know exactly what I mean I'd be like my jawline and he'd be like Jane I mean really the only thing you know it would be a lower facelift I'm like (laughs) so finally you came to me two or three years ago you said I think I have got something for you and I was like really and it was the Morpheus 8 so I've done that six four or five six times I don't know times and the difference it has made great in my jawline and my neck is amazing to me yep just amazing that's been that's been phenomenal yeah it is a game-changing technology radio frequency microneedling and it tightens the skin it it induces new collagen formation in the deep dermis and no it's great you know and you look good and you and you have your own great skincare you know uh, courtesy of you know of um, David, my nurse practitioner, who's awesome. Right. You know, and you love the skincare he recommends, and it's it's right. great stuff. I'll tell you something else. I think makes a difference, and I know I know. So I know you're a healthy eater. I try to be. <laughs> I truly believe clean eating mm-hmm. makes a huge amount of difference in your skin. You're a scientist. Is that true? Yeah, it is. That I think in intermittent fasting has been really great post COVID. It's been good to do that. I think because the cleaner I eat, if but, I it don't if I don't drink alcohol and I eat super clean and like like my daily, oh my gosh, it's like almonds and berries and right. kale salad and maybe some lean chicken or whatever. But I avoid all the inflammatory stuff. Right. My skin looks better the more I eat like that. I think that makes a difference. Oh, yeah, it does. And also, if you eat badly, you feel badly. You feel badly. I mean, you know, go home or even, I mean, I I can hardly drink alcohol anymore. I just just can't do it, Harles. I just, I I just. The next morning, I I mean, I could have one drink, you know, one one little bit of gin like this or something. And the next morning, I can feel it. I know. Same here. You know, and of course, I. Love scotch, and I'm, I'm, I really do a lot of. I mean, I, I collect scotch. You know, I, I do collect things, but I don't drink. I didn't know that. Oh yes, you'll see when uh, at our holiday party. But no, okay. it's it's good. I mean, uh, but you know, it, it keeps you vibrant. But no. So let's get back to some All of right. these interviews. I mean, of course, I, and I agree. You know, looking good and being good because you know when you're interviewing all these incredible celebrities. But haven't you also found that, you know, when I meet celebrities when they're my patients or, and you know, the good ones are really real and then the ones that aren't so yeah. good are really need a lot more help than plastic surgery sometimes and uh, that to me is very revealing I mean you know and I'm not yeah. going to mention names but you know you know some of them are incredibly great people and they go wow but many of them are so different than when they look what they look like on social media Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's sometimes going, hmm. Yeah. No, a- absolutely. I mean, but but you're right. I mean, I'm thinking like Eva Longoria, for instance. I interviewed her not too long ago. One of the sweetest, nicest, most considerate people I have been around. Just was really gracious to everybody on the crew. Um, who else Who else um, have I interviewed recently? Um John Hamm was a little bit, um, he was hard to get close to. He was, you know somebody, you know somebody who really came across as very vulnerable 
and um, maybe a little conflicted, but very vulnerable in a good way. I liked him. Was John Travolta? Really? Yeah, he came across as very down earth and genuine. Uh, really? Genuine. And like I said, maybe a, maybe a little bit of conflict, uh, but but very genuine. I, I, Interesting. He was, he was really really nice. Yeah. From uh, yeah, I mean he's been a, he's a multi-talented actor. Oh, he's been uh, through so much. Yeah, and you know he's an actor, pilot. You know he's lost his wife. I mean it's pretty yeah. pretty amazing. You know, and then uh, Pulp Fiction. I mean all these incredible films he's been in. Yeah. What are what do you um, so what do you take home from doing? What have you learned from these interviews? I mean you obviously do these interviews, but what have you learned from interviewing all these famous people? And in the end, what what really matters when you know when you you walk out of the interview sometimes, or just like when I operate in one of these famous people, and I go, hmm, they're no different than anybody else. They aren't. They aren't. And the 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 most confident among them are the ones who are the most grounded, who 100%. are the nicest, who. But I you know, and I think to myself, you think, okay, what really matters in life? Well, maybe you should just. Um, you know, enjoy your life and enjoy the moment and all that. But the people I've interviewed who I have the most respect for can't let it go at that because I think every one of them has had a mission that they felt like was important to accomplish with their lives. And maybe they didn't want to always be doing what they were doing. Maybe they would have rather just been out playing golf or whatever. Right. But they felt like their lives mattered. They were put here for a, for a purpose. And so they, um, they, they just, they had that mission about them. I mean, this morning I uh, was talking to Sint Marshall, who yep. is the first black female CEO of an NBA team. I'm trying to remember. And um, wow. yeah, I, she, first black female CEO of an NBA team. And she is one of the nicest, funniest, most down-to-earth people. And she's running with Cuban all the time. You know, I mean, she, 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 Scent has, you know, Scent has, I'm sure, so much money, so many connections, everything like that, but just one of the nicest people I've ever met. Yeah. So are you a Swifty? Taylor Swifty? <laughs> okay. As we close, as we close, we're going to talk a little bit about Taylor Swifty. So are you a Taylor Swift fan? I mean, all my staff is, and uh, I've kind of learned to follow her a little bit. So. You know what? I'm not as much. Okay, I have to admit, her music is not really like. It comes from her heart. I know, I know. And okay. her past experiences, I guess. Yeah, no, and here's what I think women love about her. And I, this is what I like about her a lot. Her music is not, I mean, I actually kind of like neo-soul, yeah. little hip-hop, you know, that kind of stuff. But... I think what resonates with women about her is that she has chronicled everything she's been through and she has come out on top. Yep. I mean, the fact that she fought the record companies and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it goes back to what you and I were talking about in our yep. earlier podcast, where in a lot of ways, men have had it easier. Men have had more control of things. Men have been able to age better, all that kind of stuff. So to see a woman like her stand up for herself 
and still be feminine and fun. Yeah. That's what's no, that's what's cool about her. Yeah, no, I agree. I I must say I do I respect that. And she's she's tough. She's smart. Yeah. She doesn't. She says what she thinks and thinks what she says. And you know she's 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 brilliant. Anyway, she took on the record labels. She's actually stood up for um, singers and and actually writers and and really helped them like on Spotify and changed that whole world. And, and I think I respect her for that. And she's very talented. I mean, I know whether you like her or not, it's like, you know, whether you like Tom Brady or not. I mean, right. you know, they're winners. And, and she's, she's a winner. She's, I, think, I think she's tough. I, I think she'd be a great interview, but she's tough. I think she would be. Do you have an in? No. no. <laughs> oh, yeah. My staff said, oh, yeah. A couple of my staff have been to see Taylor's. And apparently her concerts are phenomenal. I mean, they look phenomenal. Oh. I mean, three hours. I mean. I it's mean, incredible it's, what she does. And I guess she got on the treadmill and yep. sang all the songs while yep. she was on the treadmill. Because you look at someone like that and you're like, how do you do that? Day in how day do you out. do that? Yep. Perform oh, like that. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. No, and she's good. Performing in the rain. I think she did in Boston three hours yeah. in the rain. It's pretty amazing. You know, I mean, it's just, you know, she's purpose driven, loves what she does, just like Jane McGarry. So it's great having you and uh, got a lot of wisdom from Jane McGarry. Please follow her on all social media. Thank you again. Thank you. Bye -bye.